Welcome to How to Live Podcast with Dr. Chip Dodd, a series to help us see who we are made to be so we can do what we are made to do. Hello, this is Dr. Chip Dodd. Welcome to the How to Live Podcast Uncut. Today, I I want to share with you the four forms of loneliness and how each awareness of each of the four forms actually sets us up or gives opportunity for us to find the gifts that loneliness can bring us. The last podcast, I sincerely and at the same time somewhat humorously uh, did a podcast on the answer to life. And I said the answer to life is a question, simple in its origin, inherited in us by birth, neuroscientifically essentially proven, and in the ancient world of the truths of relationship, um, very obvious. And I said that the answer to life is a question based upon the reality that human beings are created to find fulfillment in relationship. I also talked about how the basic, the basic interactive relational interactions of the brain in terms of the frontal lobe is out, is consistently asking a question in the dynamics of relationship from the board meeting to the bedroom. Is it safe? The frontal lobe, is it safe? And that question is being asked so that a deeper uh, limbic or emotional question can be asked. Do you care? So the answer to life is actually because of the way we're created for relationship, social connection, to find social contentment, or another way to put it is to live fully so we can experience fulfillment. The living fully takes us towards uh, fulfillment in relationship, awareness and depth of learning about love, and then the expression of that love in terms of being of service to others, discovering meaning and purpose finding our significance and mattering in the world, which means leaving fingerprints upon others' hearts that are um, helpful, directive, beneficial, uh, leave us in gratitude and good memory, and leave us with abilities that we, we did not have before we were touched by other people's lives. Answer to life I presented is uh, what every kindergartner actually knows. As soon as a, a child can put pencil in hand and form letters, sooner or later, they're going to ask the question in one form or another, but in its simplest form, it's, do you like me? I like you. Circle yes or no. So the answer to life is a question, the basic bottom line simplicity of that reality played out in multiple multifactorial terms and places and ways is, do you like me? I like you. Is it safe? And do you care? Our ability to live life fully is directly connected to our capacity to be emotionally vulnerable and to become emotionally resilient. Our emotional vulnerability is the need to ask questions. Our emotional resilience is our capacity to live the answers to the questions we receive while at the same time daring to stay fully alive in a world that can push us into running from ourselves. If we develop the capacity to remain emotionally vulnerable and at the same time 
become emotionally resilient, we end up really never being alone because we are tough enough to tolerate life and brave enough to speak how we're created in terms of how we came into life, able to share our hearts. And that is a very dangerous thing to do, and yet it is something we're compelled to be able to do. Those who cannot do it end up experiencing the, uh, frankly, horrific experience uh, called alone. Now, loneliness is often associated with alone, and the two, th- the two experiences are separate. Uh, loneliness and alone are separate experiences, just as the, the moon and the sun are separate entities. And both are lights, but one is actually a reflection of the other. Let's pretend that the moon means alone and that um, reflecting the need to experience loneliness and then loneliness is the sun, which sheds light on what we need. So I'll repeat that. It's that that alone is not an experience. Rather, alone is an experience that is a reflection of our need to feel the loneliness and to act accordingly based upon that loneliness calls us towards. And that which I'll explain in just a minute. But when a person is alone, it means that they're away from how they're created to be in relationship with themselves, others, and God. A person can be in a crowd of other people and be extremely alone. A person could be not with anyone and not experience aloneness, though they may have loneliness. So alone is the inability to speak needs and become attached to relationship outside ourselves. So in loneliness, because it is painful, loneliness because it speaks need, loneliness because it it arouses vulnerability that pushes us towards having that need known and uh, move into relationship. We can anesthetize it. We can numb it. We can run from it with a multitude of activities. We can deny the existence of it, and we can do all kinds of other forms of egotistical cure, meaning easing God out, means separating from how we're created, instead of really stepping into self-solutions. But all of those things that we do to avoid, get away from, stop loneliness, the experience of loneliness, actually moves us farther and farther towards the truly horrific experience that we're not made to live called alone. And the result of ultimately being alone or, or rejecting the acknowledgement of loneliness, the result in, can end up being it's extraordinarily tragic, extraordinarily tragic. And that experience is called apathy, which means to be unable to care. No pathos, no pathology, no pain. In other words, removed from the experience of being human. And pain is not our enemy. Pain is our teacher that points us towards our needs. Our needs point us towards reaching, and our reaching points us towards solution. And solution sets us up to be willing to live fully, even in a tragic place. It's very important for anyone who's listening to these podcasts, and this is not a self-promotion moment, a commercial moment. This is just the reality. I think it's very important that you who are listening, please uh, get the voice of the heart on audiobook or in print, uh, the needs of the heart in print, uh, keeping heart in print, parenting with heart for that matter, because all of these books 
what they're saying over and over again in multitude of ways is is re re uh, educating us on on what we gave up and returning us to what we're made to have, so we can get on course with the living that we're made to experience. Uh, the voice of the heart. The basic premise is that you and I are created as emotional and spiritual creatures, created to do one thing in life, and that's live fully. But we can't live fully unless we're living fully in relationship with ourselves, my head connected to my heart. And when a person is wounded enough or untrained or raised in ignorance, means ignoring what's happening below your forehead. If you're trained not to speak what's happening within you, then you are raised in, in ignorance. So through ignorance and woundedness and neglect, we wind up being separated, our hearts separated from our heads, and our heads are used to examine predict and um, survive in life instead of our heads being used to express, to identify what's happening inside of us, to explore what's happening and to express it to the right people, which join us in a strength that is um, because we are together, we are more than we are apart, which is the strength of relationship. So a person who removes himself or herself from feeling feelings uh, I'll go back to the voice of the heart. And the voice of the heart also has a premise that that we've been given eight tools, eight feelings that allow us to live fully in a place that's really tough. Frankly put, I say we've been given eight tools to live fully in a tragic place. Anyone who suggests that life does not have tragedy in it, tragic elements, or is in of itself tragic is in significant denial and uh, living in Pollyanna world or has simply just given up and not and doing everything they can not to think at all. They're, they're numb, removed, anesthetized, addicted, and will do anything to protect themselves from having to experience life, which means that they're dangerous. So with that said, let's look into the four forms of loneliness, what loneliness can do for us and the gift of loneliness. We hope that you are benefiting from this podcast. If you are interested in more material from Dr. Dodd, please go to chipdodd.com or Sage Hill Podcasts. Thank you for listening. We now return to the rest of the podcast. Loneliness is a feeling that we've been given that speaks to how wonderfully we're made. It is the prompt tool that tells us where we are and also gives us opportunity to look into, honestly, what we need to do. Loneliness is the beginning of living an anti-apathy life. It is the feeling that moves us towards connecting because we're compelled to, which moves us towards having what we're made to have and living how we're made to live and then doing what we're made to do. It is the feeling that pushes us towards connection strength. Yes, it renders us vulnerable, but it also renders us resilient as we join and as we even have the capacity to even admit the need. Loneliness is a feeling that tells us everything that is right with us because we're made for relationship. There are four forms of loneliness. I get can become lonely for me. I can become lonely for you. I can become lonely for God and then lonely for creating, our creation itself. The first one is loneliness for myself. 
if I am in touch with my head and my heart are connected, I will recognize that there's a point at which, whether introverted or extroverted, I have been around or with people enough. And that is a moment when I need to sit with myself to hear what I'm having to say to myself. Human beings, we're, we're always in conversation with at least two people, me with me, my head with my heart, if I'm listening. So it takes time to sit and pay attention to the conversation. The heart speaks in terms of imagining, dreaming, feeling, needing, longing, desiring, grief, and celebration. And the head speaks with figuring, wondering, uh, connecting, uh, asking, uh, executive functioning, judgment, assessment, and discernment. It was just to name some of the things. So the head and the heart talking means when I am lonely for myself, it means I need a time of solitude. Now, solitude and isolation are two different things. Isolation is a place I go to get away from me and you. And I can be in a crowd and isolate, or I can be uh, simply alone and isolate, or I can be uh, anywhere and be in isolation. But isolation is a place we go to get away from ourselves. Addiction is a great, a lot of addiction is done in secret. And it's a person who is actually lonely for himself or herself who goes somewhere else. And at the same time, while they're there, they're really um, lonely for relationship. But because they don't trust in the vulnerability related to speaking that need, they end up numbing it where they go get with themselves and soothe themselves with uh, isolation. So isolation is a place we go to get away from ourselves and we think we're getting away from other people. Solitude is a place we go to be with ourselves. It is uh, sitting, journaling, thinking, watching, even what I've often called country boy meditation so that, that the idea of meditating doesn't become too complex. It's country boy meditation just means sitting in a chair and staring at something <laughs> just until it loses focus and you find yourself sort of wandering, uh, pondering, wondering about in terms of your mind's eye. Um, and what's amazing is that when we sit down in, in solitude, it is astoundingly, if we're really in touch with listening to ourselves, it almost always leads us towards conversation with God and or conversation with other people we need to talk to. It arouses our awareness of our need for connection that we in and of ourselves are not enough. Solitude leads us to connection. Being with myself is really ultimately not by myself, but being with myself uh, means sitting and looking into uh, moving towards relationship a living relationship again. We end up being in conversation with ourselves leads us to conversation with those others we need to talk to. The second form of loneliness is a loneliness for others. A loneliness for others is usually pretty specific. I uh, am uh, often lonely uh, to be with Sonia, lonely for Sonia, <clears throat> and wishing to see her, wanting to see her, missing her, liking her, um, because w when I'm not with her, like at this moment, uh, I sometimes wonder what she's doing and, and, uh, maybe drop her a call or say what's up. Or when I get home, it's like, I'm, I'm glad to be reconnected because I am lonely without her. So she is one of the 
loneliness factors who connects with me meets the need of receiving and, and offering love, a covenant even, a bond. Um, uh, together we are uh, in an experience of not being alone ever. However, there are times when, when in my loneliness, I'm not lonely for Sonia, whether I'm with her or not with her. I am lonely for another sustenance that will actually fuel me and end up helping me even love Sonia better. Sometimes I'm lonely to end up uh, have fellowship with other men. Sometimes I'm lonely for sitting down and connecting with information. Um, sometimes I'm lonely for the fellowship of the shallow. Sometimes I'm lonely for the fellowship of the deep, uh, meaning that sometimes I, I, I want to just hang out. I'm lonely for just hanging out and letting everything mean really not much of anything, even at the same time that uh, loneliness can drop into uh, deeper truth-telling. And sometimes I'm with that, that, that uh, ya-ya uh, talk, talk, you know, just messing around, uh, shallow play, and then I, I'm ready to go uh, because uh, I need to be with men who can speak truth, and which means share their inner lives with me, and I can learn from them. I can share my inner life with them, and they can learn from me. But more than anything, we identify ourselves in fellowship, a ship of fellows that together we are better off than we are alone. And I still contend that it takes about you know three to five men to help one man be able to love one woman extremely well. So me in fellowship with these men, taking my loneliness and, and having that bondship with men, hanging out, talking, sharing, I end up learning more about myself, have a sense of fulfillment, and more to take home when I get there. So we have a loneliness for each other. And I'm expressing this as a man. Loneliness, uh, women need to be with women. There are times when Sonia will go out and be hanging out with uh, some women, whether it's uh, in the prayer group or whether it's a, uh, just sort of a gathering. And the same thing. I noticed that when she uh, comes home, she is um, fuller richer, which means that she has more to share with me, that we add to our lives by being in fellowship with others rather than uh, take away from our lives. We have more to give each other. So we have a loneliness for each other. And that is, so it, it depends upon what you're needing related to your loneliness is where you go. But loneliness will never take you away from relationship that's honest and truthful and good, and lovely, and that which those people who love you most would support. Then we have a loneliness for God. We are incapable of finding, I believe, fulfillment in this life without connection to God. Because when we are connected with God, we have the greatest gift that life can offer. Since we're made for relationship, if we have connection to God, we are never alone. Now, we can feel alone, which means deep loneliness and a distrust that God is present. But we have the ability, because of that connection to God, to cry out in that loneliness and ask the hardest questions we could possibly imagine, which means to struggle with God, which means to doubt God out loud and ask the hard questions. And that in and of itself is relationship a powerful 
relationship of intimacy that allows even some of the harsher struggles to be spoken. And at the same time, when alone and not knowing what to do, uh, you, you're not alone, that, that you have an automatic uh, voice connection that you may not hear back from quickly, but you have a place to speak and some someone to listen to. E- even in the, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, which means the 12 steps of all programs of recovery, it clearly says that we uh, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. That's the second step after admitting powerlessness over whatever the drug, alcohol control is, which means I'm no longer capable of living alone. I, I cannot manage my life without without relationship. We come to believe that we can be restored to sanity. And sanity means wholeness. And wholeness means able to live fully in relationship. That we're no longer um, uh, 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 insane. We are sane, whole. And so there is that need for connection. And the third step of Alcoholics Anonymous is that we give our life and will over to care of God as we uh, understood God, understand God. So that is about connection and the, the belief of the 12 steps, which has worked for hundreds of thousands and thousands of people who were living alone, running from their loneliness, believing something was wrong with them for having it because they had been wounded and began to hate loneliness when loneliness was actually the tool that was going to bring them back to the life as uh, they could live it and as it was made to be lived, even though it's painful and difficult and hard. But if you're not alone, we have this great capacity, not just to endure, but to actually persevere. So we're created to seek out, reach out, and have a connection with having a place in the universe, having a sense of belonging and mattering in the universe. There's this amazing scripture that's in the Psalms. David in Psalm 8 is King David is basically standing on the plains looking at the the bigness of the sky, like uh, being in Wyoming or something, big sky, or Montana, big sky country, where because of the darkness, the stars are just like 10 trillion pinpricks of light pushing through darkness. And he looks out at the firmament and says, you know, when I consider uh, the the heavenly uh, realm, uh, he says to himself, who am I? that you, God, creator, would even think of me? I mean, what is the son of man that you would even consider me? And if we have run from loneliness and already fight to be alone, the answer to that question is going to be, I am nothing but a speck of nothing, and I'm not worth anything. But God's answer in David's prayer and meditation in that psalm back to David was, you are created as my own crowning creative capacity. You, you human being, are the extension of my great creativity. And he goes on to say that we were created to be crowned with glory and honor. And so that, that loneliness is made to be connected to the universe. And it turns out that because we are made for relationship, that connection to the universe has to be has to move from geography and has to move from space into a place called intimacy. So ultimately, God has to become, to have fulfillment, a relational being 
in, with whom we can do relationship with. And I think uh, Christians in their truest form uh, understand that best and know it to be true. So we're made for relationship with ourselves, others, and God. And if we're not in relationship with those, our loneliness will continue to push us towards the three categories. In those three categories, we wind up by facing and needing and speaking and moving towards the people that we have gratefully and graciously been given in our lives, then we end up experiencing three forms of loneliness, fulfillment, gift. And the gift of loneliness is intimacy, into me see. In other words, I'm capable of, of living from the inside out with myself, others, and God. And that is the closest to uh, living in gratitude I think we can possibly come to. A fourth form of loneliness and its expression and what it's made to do for us is create, creating. We are created to express ourselves in this life, which is in that loneliness we're created to make and do and shape and form and then leave it after having done it to say, I am here. I want you to see, look what I've brought, look what I've made, and I, I want you to have it from the standpoint of, of appreciating, recognizing, experiencing, touching, tasting, feeling, taking with you. Uh, a sculptor doesn't sculpt anything to go hide it. A sculptor sculpts everything to say, I am here. I cannot help but do this. Look at this and appreciate it and let it benefit you or let it speak to you or let it say something to you, which is loneliness being expressed in literally objective, creating, forming, shaping ways. We are made to make. We are created to create. And to fully participate in creation, we are made to step into the fourth form of loneliness expression and the needs it takes us to. But fourth is fourth. First is me with me, me with you, me with God, or me with God, me with you. Uh, and frankly put, I was, quote, brought back, unquote, to God um, through people. People benefited me greatly. So I am not saying, I'm not creating an, a specific order, one, two, three, one, two, three, but a person has to come to the end of themselves or recognize the vulnerability of themselves to know that they have a need to be in relationship with themselves. And that relationship with self ends up pushing a person out towards uh, at least mentally being in relationship with others and speaking to God. But the fourth form of expression of loneliness, what it's made to do for us to, to be in relationship with life, is the fourth one. In other words, if you're not in relationship Doing, making, shaping will allow you to be a human doing, but it will not allow you to fully connect. You can leave something behind you made, but the, the purpose and expression of making it will not be expressed. So the, the doing, uh, the true doing outside of relationship through creating, I believe is fourth. If it's first, where uh, it's, it's a, attempting to do, to have, so you can be seen as someone. The other way is because you are who you are, 
and have relationship with whom you do. You cannot help but express yourself through creativity. So those four forms of relationship bring us to intimacy, which is the capacity to appreciate, find security in, trust, experience guidance, uh, be able to, a place to go grieve and a place to celebrate. In other words, intimacy is a place in which our needs are met. Needs are met and we end up being able to persevere. We end up being able to give because we have. So with that long podcast today, I want to repeat that the answer to life and our ability to speak it, do you like me, I like you, question, uh, circle yes or no, and our ability to live the yes and our capacity to endure the no is, is what pushes us in exactly how we're made to reach out to live. And even that question is birthed in loneliness. I am made to be in relationship with you. So, uh, and, and um, with that said, I appreciate it. I, I hope and pray that each of us in a very sophisticated, wiser way than a kindergarten will speak that question and, and live in the answer to life, which is a question in mature ways, of course. But the reality is we're never called to leave behind how we're created when we live this life. So thank you for listening. God bless you and I look forward to uh, doing this again. Bye-bye.